I would say don't be afraid to invest what you have. Don't be afraid to spend what you have because it's an investment in people and the people will generate the data, the data will generate the papers and the papers will generate the grants which will refill the coffers. So I think I, I had a period where I just was like, oh, I'm just going to hold on to my startup. And then I realized, God, I'm going to spend it because if I don't spend it, nothing's going to get produced. I'm Teen Nguyen for Strategy for Scientists at the University of California, San Francisco. In this podcast, I talked to Amy Gao, an associate professor of neurology at UCSF. We talked about her process for developing a research plan and starting with how she cultivates good ideas. She shares also how she mentors graduate students and postdocs when they make discoveries and the factors she considers in those mentoring relationships. Finally, Amy talks about the importance of conducting rigorous research and staying vigilant to maintain a high-caliber research lab. To start the interview, I asked Amy her strategy behind developing a research plan. The process, I guess, at least most recently, has been letting ideas kind of germinate in my brain for a while, gathering data, kind of letting things just bounce around. And then actually before I'm ready to, I start talking about the ideas. And that's maybe bad. I don't know. Everyone doesn't do that. But um, what I find is it's helpful to help me organize them. They come out and then they go back in a slightly different way. And I also get ideas, new directions and um, new aspects of the problem that I would not do. I would not have gotten on my own. And then most recently, I actually wrote a grant on these ideas that had been bumping around in my head for half a year or more. And at that point, the grant writing process was um, like butter. It was a, a joyous, I guess, export of ideas from my head onto a piece of paper. It wasn't effortless. I mean, it still took a ton of time, and I had to do lots of additional reading and make sure that, you know, things I wanted to do were feasible and checking to make sure I could justify them. But really, I mean, that that process was a very, very fun one because I think the ideas had formulated. We were in the right place, the right time, right, you know, granting mechanism to just get them all down on paper. After the exciting process of generating ideas, the next step is prioritizing them. I asked Amy how she prioritizes her ideas. Amy talks about how she had to go back to the root of science in her lab and define the value proposition, or what makes her research program unique. From there, the projects could grow. It also helps Amy when determining when to say no to new projects. I think prioritizing experiments when I was in the lab was was more straightforward because I, I had a project and I had experiments and I could sort of determine what was the most important. But then as I left the lab and became more of a PI, I think then becoming sort of responsible for the direction of the lab was quite confusing to me. Trying to organize the lab thematically to develop the vision. Some people, are, I think, are more born with this than I am. I really, I, I struggle to find the correct direction and the correct way of of prioritizing. I don't know that I have solved that problem, but now I think that we have a touchstone. So the idea is we're interested in, in protein homeostasis and lysosome function. Everything kind of flows from there. So for example, let's say a, a new gene is discovered and somebody wants me to study it. I think there might be some that we could devote a small number of resources to that could sort of help somebody else out. But for me to really go full bore and move into it, the area, we need to be able to relate it thematically to what, 
we're most interested in doing. I think it's easy to spread oneself too thin. I think I've done that. I think it's ineffective. I think it's all part and parcel of learning how to say no. So one factor that helps Amy prioritize projects outside the lab is fit. Does it fit with her research and her interests? Well, I asked Amy about the situation where a postdoc or a graduate student from her own lab comes to her with a really exciting finding that could take her lab in a direction away from her original touchpoint, away from homeostasis and lysosome biology. How does she decide whether or not to pursue it? Amy explains that her flexibility in letting a trainee pursue projects away from her core area depends on whether that trainee is a postdoc or a graduate student because they're at different stages in their careers. First thing is it's a postdoc. And so I think postdocs actually need to be developing their own research program. And so if that takes them away from what we're doing, that's absolutely fine because they need to develop their own research projects. And I'm, I'd be fully supportive of that. Exciting science is exciting science. And discovering new things is discovering new things. And so I think those are all reasons to simply pursue a new idea. And I, have, I, I, I would love to be in that position actually more. I think it might be slightly different for a graduate student who is maybe more reliant on me for a history of science, you know, a practical history of like, how many rabbit holes is it possible to go down before one learns not to go down rabbit holes? And so I, I do have, I have a better sense of that, I think, just because I've gone down more rabbit holes. So I think that's, you know, like, are we going down a rabbit hole or is this something new and fundamentally interesting and important? And I think that important question is something that I learned slowly. I used to think just anything is, anything new is new and that's great. But I do think we are obligated to study things that are important on some level. It could be a basic level, it could be a translational level, or it could be an applied level. And we just need to be careful not to get too far away from our core mission. Amy was awarded her first R01 and things are going well. So I asked Amy to share a lesson she's learned the hard way when she was starting out. I asked her to impart wisdom on the next scientific generation. She talks about the importance of managing a culture that makes sure science is done with rigor. I guess one thing is um, don't get too far away from the science and always be vigilant about the veracity of the science that's coming in front of you. I tend to be an optimist. I tend to like to see the best of uh, in everyone, but I think we need to be very critical of the science that we see. We always want to look at primary data, and if if that little voice in your head starts coming and saying, "There's something like this is this is too great, that this is too perfect," I, I'm worried that you should listen to it. Definitely don't turn your back on it and get to the bottom of it. And I think part of that is encouraging a lab culture in which we're open and free to ask questions and, and be constructively critical. It's part of a lab culture that doesn't, uh, that um, puts rigor and hard work above just producing. I was lucky because I had a situation and I caught it early. Um, but I, I was shocked because I, I just, you know, you hear about scientific misconduct, but actually caught it. And now I've, I've seen it in other, in other groups. Um, and so I'm, I'm very vigilant. I think it's really important. I thought it was interesting that of all the things that Amy could focus on, she framed that conducting research with scientific scrutiny is critical to the lab culture. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Amy's stories about developing her research plan, starting with letting it marinate, 
and vetting the ideas with others. I also enjoyed hearing about how she mentors her postdocs and graduate students and how she helps them develop and prioritize their research interests. On a personal note, I enjoyed talking science with Amy because that was my area of research, and I find lysosomes fascinating organelles. Thank you for listening to Strategy for Scientists. Interested in learning more? Check out the online lectures co-produced by iBiology and the UCSF Office of Career and Professional Development. We'd like to thank the Burroughs Welcome Fund and the NIH National Institute of General Medical Sciences, or NIGMS, for grant funding. Thanks also to PRX Podcast Garage in Boston for the studio space and helping us to get started with this production. Tune in for more stories about scientists using strategy.